our country has the highest standard of living in human history, the highest technological inventions. Why do we have such a high suicide and depression rate? To me, that just proves that humanity needs a savior. Welcome to Wrestling with God Show, the podcast where we grapple with big questions about faith, religion, and life, always searching for truth, meaning, and purpose in our lives. I'm Irish McMahon, and I'm here with a keen observer of our culture and a real student of human behavior. He's my friend and Irish Catholic priest, Father Len McMillan. Hey, Father Len. Hey, morning, Irish. So, Father Len, as usual, you've been paying close attention to what's going on in our culture, and you've come to what I, I guess I'd describe as a rather dramatic conclusion. Uh, what you told me is we need a Savior, but many of us just don't know it. So I, I'm pretty intrigued by this. So tell us why we need a Savior right now and why... Some of us don't know it. Well, so a couple of days ago, I was just home for lunch. And like a normal human being, I eat lunch in front of the TV. And <laughs> I'm flipping through just the channels. And I, I'm flipping through and a news channel comes on. And it's this reporter, Chris Hayes, who is doing this interview. And he says in the interview, he says, you know, now that we have science, we no longer need religion. No. Religion developed because we didn't have answer on why there's lightning or why there's wind. Uh, and now we have science, so we no longer need religion. And that's called the gap theory, so God of the gaps, where recently the Christopher Dawkins said that was the beginning of religion. And the problem is, is that that's a straw man view of religion. Straw man in the sense of Chris Hayes has invented this. Well, religious people are just so ignorant that the reason why they need God is because they can't explain things and that he has no need of a savior because I'm so smart. And even though I'm not a scientist, I can tell you how religion began. So, so the gap theory is that Science was created. Yeah, lack of scientific knowledge. People just invented God. So they invented religion and God to to explain explain what's going on in the world. Okay. The only problem is, like, God bless Chris Hayes, but he's not a scientist. Well, you know, Father Lane, you you probably should have known. He's on MSNBC, and they're not exactly a a place that promotes religion. (laughs) That's... Part, believe it or not, doesn't upset me. Just the ignorance upsets me. Okay. The ignorance that, because think about this. All major scientists believed in God. All of them. In fact, science wouldn't exist without the Catholic Church. All major scientists. Newton uh, thought he'd be remembered by his theology. Albert Einstein believed in God. And, uh, people would say Albert Einstein was an atheist. And Albert Einstein, pretty mild-mannered, called anybody who said that he was an atheist, he called them dogs, that he Hmm. does believe in God. 
but even look at the history. Roger, like the scientific method was first developed because of scholastic theology. The Catholic Church invented universities. Roger Bacon, a Franciscan friar, is credited with devising the scientific method. The one who came up with, you know, the rate of free falling objects was a priest. The father of geology was a priest. The father of Egyptology was a priest. The father of modern atomic theory was a priest. The one who came up with the Big Bang Theory mathematically was a Catholic priest. Everything, if you really look at it, from seismology, a Catholic priest. Astronomy, really devoted with religion. Nicholas Copernicus, you know, first showed that the earth revolved around the sun. He was a canon of a cathedral. You know, he was a Catholic priest. The leading historian for the University of California in Berkeley said, and this is a great quote, he said, the Roman Catholic Church gave more financial aid and social support to the study of astronomy over six centuries from the recovery of ancient learning to the Middle Ages to the Enlightenment than any other institution in history. So, like, if you look at it, it's just amazing. All the great scientists, Louis Pasteur, were all religious. So, No one came to God because they didn't have explanation to lightning. All those great figures, Blaise Pascal, they came to God because of science. Science was a way of understanding God. And the history, if you actually study the history of religion, anthropological studies have shown religion started out of gratitude, not ignorance. So that's just like when Chris says has says that like that's somebody who's completely detached from history that or even science that can make that claim and you know even the greek philosophers didn't believe in the greek gods so like aristotle believed that the greeks gods were absurd he didn't he, but he did believe that nature shows that there has to be a rational true god and the Greek philosophers called that the logos, think like logic, mm-hmm. or Xenoph- Xenophon, who was this military leader, philosopher, historian, student of Socrates. He said, people create gods in their own image, you know, that uh, they want to make God in their own image. But he said he did believe that there had to be an infinite, timeless God that had to be basically the first cause, this super intelligence. So, Chris Hayes creates this straw man Christianity and then condemns Christianity for the image he created that like no Christian. I know nobody who says, oh, I believe in God because I just can't explain anything. That's a complete opposite. That's just out of control ego on Chris Hayes saying I'm so smarter than all other Christians in history, even though I'm not a scientist. So. It's just ego. We don't like to admit human beings that we're powerless. So we think we're so smart because, you know, it's technology or, you know, just growing up now that I'm 60, you know, you had the movie line. Oh, now that it's the 1970s, we know so much. Or now that it's the 1980s, (laughs) we know so much. And yet, like one of my friends is a biologist says, you know, the more I learn, the less I, I know. Like the world is so much more complicated. It doesn't only the non-scientists, the ignorant say, oh, now we have all the answers. 
But if we're so, we think we're so smart because we have technology and we're so happy because we have social media drugs. But for the Catholic Church, science was always a way of studying God. For Catholics, the social life is hoping that it leads to the ultimate communion, love with God, love itself, and all those in heaven. And so science, the social life, art, it was born from our need for a savior, not a denial of a need for a savior. For Chris Hayes, there is no power in the universe greater than the human first person. Now, I find that a source of despair. Given humanity's long history of ignorance, violence, and shocking denials of the truth, to think that your only hope is the power of the human person, that's depressing. I and billions of other people throughout history have found a power that's greater than ourselves, this experience of God. You know, so, two two things that, that you've said here. One is the history of science and where it came from. I suspect most people don't know that history, like Chris Hayes apparently doesn't know that history. And the other thing, you know. That he doesn't want to know that history. He won't okay. even question his own beliefs. To me, that's the hallmark of ignorance. If I was going to come out with, not that we know everything, but. Wouldn't you double check your facts before you said, oh, you know, the source of religion was ignorance. Wouldn't you have known at least read something on science? Yeah. Well, the other thing is when the whole science thing came to me very strongly when my son had a heart attack at age 20. And I was voraciously reading about what they know about the heart and heart attacks and whatever. And the more I read, it was clear to me, as you stated, I forget who you quoted, that uh, the, the more, you know, the more science that a person did, the more they realized they don't know anything. They, they know so little about the heart. They don't, I mean, all this great science about our bodies and stuff, n- none of these scientists can explain how it really works. And, and the more you dive into it, the more awe you have, even Absol- the more you want to learn. Absolutely. Somebody who's filled with ego that says science can answer every question, that's somebody who, yeah, they won't be able to find God because they have so much ego. Yep. And where we find this power is in Christ. And how we find this power is really through the surrender of our ego. And God bless Chris Hayes, but Wow. That was a really egotistical statement. But if you look at like the Christmas story, who are those who make it to the manger? It's those who have surrendered their ego, the humble, Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the Magi. The Magi even are the wrong religion. They're pagans, but they've surrendered their ego. Look at those who don't make it to the manger. Herod, whose only concern is for political power even though he claims to be religious or the priests in the temple, their only concern is for religious power or the Pharisees. They think they're super religious, but their only concern is for the arrogance of who do they get to condemn? So these types, they're still alive today and they have no need for a savior because their ego is at the center of their lives. And the proof is that, that their center of their lives. I mean, You know that book by Arthur Brooks, Who Gives? 
You know, it's pretty stunning. Who does all the volunteering in the United States? Um, like three times as much as anybody is religious people. Atheists who have no need for a savior, they don't volunteer. Who gives financially to various causes? Uh, look at their finances. Hmm. Almost seven times as much religious people give. Atheists and the spiritual but not religious, whatever that means, they don't give to anyone. And my point being is that that proves that their ego is the center of their life. But religious people, whether you believe in God or not, God is the center of their life. And their life becomes this incredible gift. And my point being is that if you're so filled with ego, you won't be able to find Christ. Or think of this. Why was Christ born in a cave? Because it was empty. In the Bible, it, there doesn't say that there was an, the inn was full. It says... There's no place of hospitality. People's lives are too filled with other stuff that they couldn't really welcome the, pre- the birth of Christ. And why was Christ put in an empty cave when he dies? Because once again, it's empty. The meaning behind that is that if our hearts are full of our ego, there's no place for Christ to be born or resurrected. So All the characters, whether it's Joseph or Mary or the shepherds or the Magi, they had to empty their ego. Even John the Baptist, he, this is kind of embarrassing, but John the Baptist, the great prophet uh, pointing to the Christ, he was wrong about some stuff. Like he said, oh, the axe is laid to the wood. The fire is like, he thinks Christ is going to come in and, you know, kicking and punching Hmm. and he's wrong. Christ will not be aggressive. Christ will destroy the old ways in us, but Christ is not interested in revenge. One of the things you're saying too, I think, is that if you're so full of ego and full of yourself, you have no curiosity. And you can't admit you're wrong. Yep. Like Joseph is wrong and the angel has to correct him. The Magi's were wrong to go to Herod. And so they're corrected in a dream. They can be corrected. And God bless Chris Hayes, but when you don't even investigate the very things you say, like, oh, religion was invented because people couldn't explain lightning, that's more like Herod and the Pharisees. Herod and the Pharisees never think that they're wrong. They think they always have the right answers, yet those are the ones who are most wrong because their egos won't allow them to admit any wrong. They can't welcome a savior because they can't, they're too full of their own ego, egos. And just let me be clear, I'm really actually not mad at Chris Hayes. I think he's ignorant, but I'm really mad at the modern day Pharisees berating Chris Hayes or other atheists. I just don't think helps, although I do want to challenge their assumptions. Who I'm, if I'm mad at anybody, is a supposed religious who give the example of the Pharisees that religion is about who to condemn or the Herods in the world. There's plenty of those who use religion to gain political power. But going back to Chris Hayes, when he says, well, we just don't have need for religion. No, you don't have need for a savior because you think you have all the answers. Mm -hmm. But I just want to offer a couple things like, and this really, and this is probably the main reason, when he said that, like, look at the modern world. First, psychologically, we have this depression crisis, like huge There's suicides every week. Every 
every couple of days, somebody asks me to pray for somebody who's think, thinking about committing suicide. And I met a few times uh, some teenagers who want to commit suicide. My heart is just broken. Mm. In that book, Lost Connections, I just thought that was a great book about this guy who is depressed and an atheist. He looks for a cure for depression. And the cure, as better than drugs, is finding connections. And he says many connections, connections with nature, connection with meditation. And he doesn't want to admit that one because he doesn't believe in prayer. And yet, wow, people who pray, less depressed. Connection with community that's in our world is dying out. Religion gives you a lot of connections, meditation, community, purpose. And the problem is, I think our society has become narcissistic. And if you don't know, narciss, narcissism is based on the myth of Narcissus, who the Greeks God want to condemn. And so they make him fall in love with his own reflection, looking in a pool. But think about this. Narcissus didn't fall in love with himself. He fell in love with the image of himself. And to fall in love with the image of yourself, it's a curse that leads to self-destruction. That's the point. But narcissists keep thinking that they're the best looking, they're the smartest uh, as he's dying. Narcissism not just steals our joy. A narcissist has no need for a savior. So given the huge amounts of depression and, you know, so many teenagers, junior high kids are an antidepressants. If Chris Hayes says, oh, we have science and technology now, we don't need a savior. My God, look at our society. Our, our young can't thrive. They're, they're looking at death. And the second thing is, if not technology, what we need is not just another teacher or more legal laws. Our country is not God in God we trust. It's in technology and government programs. No kidding. Um, why did God take on human flesh? Because one more course, one more law to control us, one more teacher or life coach does not help us. You know, we don't need another teacher. We have tons of great philosophers. We don't need another self-help book. Christ didn't come to bring us a better faith. He came to bring us a completely different faith, a completely new way of loving other people with God. Now, I just want to mention this, right? This new faith, think about this. Universities came from the Catholic Church. Hospitals care for the poor. It's religion that made the world a better place. And this one guy, just admire him, Blaise Pascal, super, super brilliant mathematician. He, at like 13, he came up with some new mathematical laws, just a prodigy when it comes to math. But then he gets this mystical experience of God and he writes, writes it uh, on a, a parchment and kept it to his heart the day he died and it says you know fire not in and he goes on this not in greek philosophy not in and i'm going to update it technology or <laughs> books or anything do we find the source of life blaise pascal this great scientist it was god that he realized changed the world or and i've told you the story 
about this uh, English social worker, this woman who set up the uh, English like medical social network system. She did great, but she she created all these government programs for the poor. She did a great job. But then she writes in her diet at the end of her life that, you know, it just didn't do, didn't bring about the change that she had hoped. And now she realized, you know, government programs, they don't really completely change the lives of the poor. She did some good, but you just take advantage of the system. And at the end of her life, what she writes is that what everybody really needs is not a government program. They need a change of heart. The real problem in society, it's a spiritual problem. Or the guy who won the Nobel Prize on the gene, Human Genome Pro- Project, Francis Collins, loved his book, uh, The Language of God. In college, he said that he didn't want religion. He didn't want a savior. And the reason why is that he wanted to sleep around with whoever he wanted to sleep around with. <laughs> That's the real reason. Later in life, he has this conversion and actually becomes not just a scientist, but a Christian minister. You know, the human person is most alive when they found the divine. That goes for, you know, Blaise Pascal, Human Genome Project, and even like Tolstoy. If you remember Tolstoy, the famous writer, Mm -hmm. came from a super wealthy upper class and at one point, after a life of kind of debauchery, he says, you know, if God doesn't exist, uh, why not be cruel? Why not cheat? Uh, why not just commit suicide if this is all we have? And he starts asking these questions. And basically, his friend says, well, you should go shopping. That'll make you happy. <laughs> Double down on the superficial. You know, Father Lind, uh, I'm sitting here thinking about what to me is the ultimate contemporary example of what you're talking about. And it's this idea, and certainly it's centered in the lack of a belief in God and thinking that this is all there is and and that technology can fix anything. It's this whole transsexual movement, you know, where people think they can change their sexes and technologists think they can change person's sexes. A man can become a woman, a woman can become a man. And it's so sad because it's like you're talking about the reflection in the pool or the pond. And these poor people that want to do this, that are so mixed up and they think they're going to be happier or have more pleasure in their life by changing their sex, many of them end up committing suicide. They're just so yeah, unhappy. It's just, it's crazy. You know, it's, it, it's, it's See, I, sad I think, as heck. Talk about I, I, people that need a savior. I think Chris Hayes is a better example. Okay. He's a wealthy New Yorker, privileged background, hasn't had to have a lot of suffering. And I don't, when he says uh, we don't need religion, what he really means is I don't want a savior. I have mm-hmm. social technology, a great job, New York. All the, I have everything that could make me comfortable. Mm-hmm. But it's like Tolstoy. Tolstoy came from the upper class. Why not exist for yourself? But, you know, Tolstoy, when he says, this is all there is, if, if this is all there is, why not cheat and be cruel? Mm-hmm. And Chris Hayes, you know, in his life, he doesn't say it, but, well, let's just double down on the superficial. Let's get more social likes and a more comfortable life. But if God came to us with infinite cost to himself dying, it means 
every decision we make matters. Tolstoy notes that there is a difference between joy and pleasure. He found joy in God, so much so that towards the end of his life, didn't want any wealth. He just wanted poverty, and they thought he was crazy. But he wanted joy, not pleasure. All Chris Hayes can offer is, you know, like our culture, if you don't have joy, shop more, do more drugs. But that doesn't find joy in God. So nobody has ever said, I'm happy because I'm a meth addict. (laughs) A meth addict has plenty of pleasure, but no joy. No No lasting pleasure, certainly, either. Right. So my point being is that, my God, one, look at psychology. Two, you know, we don't need more laws or teachers or more drugs to keep us happy. We do need a savior. And the third is community. And I know I've mentioned this before, but community in the United States, uh, there's a whole study by Robert Putnam, is dying. It's dying. And yet community is thing that really gives us one of the things that gives us joy. So like, is it better to have intellectual knowledge of happiness or belong to a community? And they did this experiment, who feels better? And they divided people into three groups. The first group, do something morally good for another person. The second group, all you have to think is just think about being morally good. Just think about, wouldn't it be nice to be morally good? The third group, just do something nice for yourself. Go get a massage, treat yourself (laughs) to something. Long term, who feels more, who feels better? By overwhelming evidence, those who did something for others became better. Overwhelming psychological evidence that, wow, community and purpose brings about a lot more joy. And I meant that because, like Chris Hayes, he's advocating the third group that, well, you know, we have technology and all this other stuff, so who needs religion? Or at best, like he is a thinker, but just thinking about morality doesn't bring about any happiness, doesn't bring about any morality, doesn't bring about any joy. And there's just a woman who did this really interesting study on people who give turn out to be happier. Now, she did this study, she published her proof, and she tells this great story that that's what she's known for. She turns in her taxes to her accountant and he sees her donations, which was zero, and he flashed her a look and she immediately knew what it was. She could talk a lot about how we need to be giving. Mm-hmm. Taxes are proof, evidence that well, I, it's just talk. And so what she said, and I, she did, so that made her think, well, I know intellectually, I know this makes us more happy, but you need to belong to a community, and that's her problem. She doesn't belong to a community that puts the evidence into action. It's not good enough just to know what will make you happy. You, you know, have to have a community. It, it's, it's interesting. I don't know whether you've heard people say this, and I've heard it particularly with younger people where when they're not feeling good about things or they're stressed or whatever, they talk about needing more me time. 
<laughs> you know, I need need to spend more time. I guess that means shopping. It means whatever, but more me. Talk about, about the to- me. It's that's the total- exactly what to- Tolstoy's friend said, or that's such a narcissistic thing. I need to concentrate on my own image. Now, yep. granted, I think there are some mental health breaks. I wouldn't disagree with that, but more me, me, me is not leads to any joy. And like a religion, our savior, no, you get more joy when you empty yourself of ego. But Chris Hayes, the I'm picking on him, he's thinking just intellectual knowledge. Intellectual knowledge about happiness will not make us happy. It you know, we we need a savior. And my fourth thing, just real quick, and this also shocked me when he said we don't need religion. Look at history itself. History reveals a need for a savior because the same thing Chris Hayes was spouting was spouted by the French revolution. Oh, we're going to, we're going to practice liberty and justice, and we're going to have a rational state. We're going to be governed by the intellect and the streets ran with blood. Hundreds of thousands were killed. Because you can always find some reason why we need to kill these people and then logically sell it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Wow, that didn't work. Same thing done with Stalin and Mao. You know, Stalin, I can't remember, something like 60 million people. We don't need, Stalin basically said, we don't need religion or God. We can be rational. And 60 million were murdered. Mao, same thing. You know, Mao, even more, 80 to 100 million people murdered, all in the name of we're going to be rational. The Khmer Rouge, every experiment with basically atheism and putting out this trope that we're super rational always ends in such a abysmal, murderous failure. And so no offense, Chris Hayes, when you say, well, we don't need religion anymore because we have science. Doesn't that sound a lot like the French Revolution or mm-hmm. all these other experiments that just led to incredible bloodshed? Doesn't history itself reveal humanity needs a savior? And so when our country has the highest standard of living in human history, the highest techno- technological inventions, why do we have such a high suicide and depression rate? To me, that just proves that Chris Hayes is wrong. None of those things can save or free us. That's what a a savior does. Look at whether it's Blaise Pascal or all the great people. Once they've had this encounter with the divine, they had joy. Joy is part part of God. So, yeah, sorry, Chris Hayes. I, I think he's probably a nice guy. But the last one, just not only history, is... We need a power greater than ourselves. So I saw the movie Afterlife. Did you see that movie? I have not seen it. Is that a new or old? Or? It's fairly new. It's just a movie on interviews with people having near-death experiences. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have thousands and thousands who had near-death experiences. But, you know, I'm sorry, Chris Hayes. Even with all the power of technology and social media, we need a power greater than ourselves. We do not have the power to overcome death. And the scary part of that is that, yeah, many people go in front of the light. But the film, you know, I forget what it is. Uh, also, like 23%, I think it is, 
have experience of utter darkness and terror. You know, there's a bunch of scientists now, technology people, that believe that we can overcome death. I mean, this whole transhumanist movie. I have a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn, too. It's crazy what they're thinking, really. I mean, uh, they're going to somehow combine uh, machines and people and make super people that are going to live forever. It's just, it's wild. I, I talk about fairy tales. Like there's no, there's no scientific proof of that. You can, scientifically, you can't even tell me what a consciousness is. Right. So like, I just, when Chris Hayes said that, I kind of thought, no, I th- for me, I don't know what you're looking at. Just looking at the world and history, looking at science itself. It all screams that what we need is a savior. And all those who turned out to be happy and joyful and full of life found a savior. Even the Magi, not even the right religion, they found the divine. So I'm not saying you have to be Christian, but all those who find the divine, you know, I'm not saying all religion is good either. There's a lot of modern day Pharisees and Herods who misuse religion to the power to condemn or for political power. Once again, the center of their life is ego, not the divine. So I just think of anything. The world proves, history proves, Chris Hayes, you're wrong. Yep. There's a great need for the divine. For sure, Father Lynn. And I hope this episode gets us all thinking about the destruction and blindness ego can create. And most importantly, the reality of the divine, our need for a savior, and how real peace, happiness, and joy in this life come from our relationship with the divine. We welcome your comments and questions. It's easy to get those to us. You can just shoot me an email. My address is irish at wwgproductions.org. That's irish at wwgproductions.org. Or you can text me or leave me a voicemail at 208-391-3738. And if you're enjoying the Wrestling With God show, please subscribe, give us a five-star rating, and write us a quick review of our podcast and share it with your friends. It really does help people discover us and understand what we do and why it matters. This podcast is created and distributed by Wrestling With God Productions. Our theme music is composed and performed by Jake Einick and Kevin Barnett. Wrestling With God Productions exists in part because of generous donors who support our mission. If you've benefited from one of our podcasts, please consider making a donation at givesendgo.com slash WWG Productions. That's givesendgo.com slash WWG Productions. You'll find a link to this site in the show notes below this episode in your podcast app. So we hope you'll join us next time as we continue our journey, climbing the mountain of life, searching for truth, meaning, and purpose in our lives. Thanks for listening. See you next time.